Welcome to another week of the Uproar Podcast, where we believe that the power of God is still moving and changing a generation. Awesome. Hey guys, I'm so happy and we're so excited for conference 2019. Uh, there's going to be more details released really soon, but we just wanted to tease you guys real quick with that video. Man, these are the ones and we believe that heaven and hell are real. We're going to win every single soul we can. We're going to equip you to be the voice for this generation that God has called you to be. We really believe that there's an end time harvest and uh, we want you to be a part of it and we want to be a part of it. And we're going to win this generation back from, from, from the enemy. And we're going to see freedom reign. We're going to see Jesus reign. And I'm so excited to kick those things out. But real quick, before we get into today's podcast and live, we have phenomenal news. Saturday, so two days, that's it. On Saturday, we're going to be hosting our very first share Some people have asked me, what is a share They've been doing share for like 55 years. As long as Christians have been on TV, there's been a share And really all it is is people coming online and partnering with the vision of what God is doing here. And we have some amazing news, some things that are not yet released, but I, I promise you want to be on for the things that we're going to be sharing with you. Um, this is going to be the biggest year we've ever had, and we're adding Amen. to what we do, which means there's not just one event. We're going to have four events next year, and I owe five events next year, and yeah. we want to let you know what they are, but you're going to, for all of the exclusive details, you're going to have to be on the share or wait until after. Also joining us, we have Bishop Rick Thomas, Pastor Michael and Rhonda Spencer, Pastor Joel Stockstill, uh, Brother Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., Pastor Chris Estrada. Uh, we just have an amazing group of men that have been with us, and we're so excited about what God's going to do. So set yourself a reminder. Go ahead and search Uproar Conference share on Facebook, and uh, we'll be live from 6 p.m. until 9 p.m., but we'd love to partner with you. We'll be doing some giveaways, some book giveaways, and we're just excited about what God's going to do in conference, and uh, as you partner with us and what you make possible for someone else, God's going to make possible for you as well. Yeah, amen. Guys, we're excited to jump into today's stuff. We have four relationships we're going to talk about today that we believe will either make you or break 100%. you in life. These are relationships that everybody has. Everybody's going to go through all four of these relationships in life. Yeah. And I believe that if you're diligent in making sure that you take care of each aspect of these relationships, you'll be successful in everything God's called you to do. The first relationship that is like bar none level of importance is going to be your friendships. Now, we all know, we've talked about this many, many times on the podcast channel. If you guys haven't logged on, check out the podcast channel after this live is done. But I'm telling you right now, the most important relationship you have in life before you get married is going to be your friendships because those people, you're going to give them a seat in your life. They're going to have power to either pull you towards Jesus or pull you away from what yeah. it is that he's really calling you to do. It's true. We see we see this really big with with Lot. Uh, it was Abraham's relation, and it's crazy because Lot was sitting with the men of Sodom and Gomorrah, and the men of Sodom and Gomorrah, they were awful, they were evil, they were vile. Actually, the the whole city was judged by God and consumed by sulfur. Like, God rained fire down on them, and they were turned to sulfur. It it is wild how God's judgment was poured on them, but that was Lot's friends. That's who he was sitting with every day. That was a terrifying thing where if he had stayed with those people, he would have been destroyed with those Mm -hmm. people. And we want to encourage you, look, whatever relationships are in your life, make sure they're worth your time. Not just your time here, but your time eternally. And if you're not mature enough to have their influence not pull you 
and yeah. influence you That's away right. from the Lord, yeah. then you need to be mature enough to separate yourself from those people. Yeah. I've seen so many people come to church, get saved, be on fire for Jesus, and then three months later, they're, they're still spending time with the same people. Mm -hmm. And they end up going back to the same lifestyle because there was no change from the influences they had. I actually had one young man at conference this last year. He got touched by God. And he looked at me in the eyes and he said it like this. He said, Pastor Cody, I'm scared to go back to school. I was like, why are you scared to go back to school, man? That should be exciting. You get to share the gospel. He said, I'm going to have to be around those people all day long. And I know I'm not strong enough to do that yet. Can I tell you, he's not in church anymore. And we're, we're loving on him and believing that God's going to move in his life. But if you have a fear that you're not mature enough and strong enough in your faith, then that's an indication that you need to separate yourself. You might have to be in class with them all day. You might have to be, if you're a young adult, you might have to be in work with them all day. But you don't have to be combined with them. You don't have to be yoked up with them. You don't have to lock arms with yeah. them and do what they do. You don't have to go to the bar with them after work. You don't have to sit at the lunch table with them and say the same jokes. You're not stuck at the city gate like mm -hmm. Lot was. You have to make a decision. Am I going to stay at the city gate, which will be destroyed? Or am I going to separate myself from these people yeah. so I can have life? Yeah, and you know what's important to remember in this whole thing is Lot, really, if you look at the whole story, he had no business being friends with these people. No. They had nothing in common with him. What, they were, what their goal was had nothing in common with what his goal was. They, he had no business calling these people his friends. No. But how easy is it just because you're around these people all the time to start to act like them, to start to blend in with them, but before you know it, you'll start calling these people your friends and giving them a seat in your life that they don't deserve. If you start giving people a say in your life yeah. who don't believe what you believe, it's only amount of time. If you're going to give in to them, if you'll give in and allow them that position to be able to speak into your life and to, to pull you away from that path, it's only a matter of time until you're going to give in yeah and it look you can still love them but you don't have to do what they do to love them yeah, that's, that's such true. a lie yeah. that this generation loving people has been told. isn't doing what they do and it's also not lying and making them feel good about what no, they're doing that's not love at all real love is saying no i love you enough to tell you the truth yeah. real love is enough i'm not going to abandon you even though i'm a believer and you're not real love is saying I'm going to call you to a higher place. Real love is not pacifying people in their sin. Real love is showing how, how we are to live, sharing the love of Jesus in a, in a real practical way, what he's done in your life. It's not love to sit at the lunch table and cuss with them and say the same jokes. It's love to say, hey, bro, I know you want to be different. Come sit with me and let's talk about something different so we can have a better result in our life. Yeah, you don't have to blend in with people to win them over to the kingdom. You don't have no, to have the same conversation. Work. I've never seen a time where it's successful for somebody to say, I'm going to go smoke weed with them so that I have, we have like interest. That way I can share the gospel with them. Or <laughs> I'm going to go drink with them on a Friday night and then I'll be able to make friends with them and be get all them to church to all on men. Sunday. Be all things to all men. <laughs> Listen, it's not an oh holier than thou mindset if you're oh holier than thou. You have, to, you have to set an example for them. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. If you look just like them, what, are they, what do they have to follow? Nothing. Nothing at all. And you're never going to win them by smoking weed with them because yeah. what's birthed in sin, any friendship that's birthed in sin, unless it's changed to look like Christ, 
Christ, it will die in that same sin. But what instead we need, the, the kind of friends that you need are real friends. Look, a real friend is not someone who's going to drag you to hell with them or try to influence you to go to hell. That's not a real friend. If you have somebody in your life and that's how they try to influence you, please understand today, they don't actually care about you. They don't actually love you. And if you fall in love with the Lord and they're saying, well, I want the old so-and-so back and I wish we could do this still. Look, they don't actually love you. I have people and I love them to death, but they're not in my life right now. Not because we don't love each other, but because there's a difference. And I'm working on closing that gap of difference, not by going that way, but by calling them up to a higher ground where God has called them. And we need people in our life that are the opposite. In Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, we find four men carrying a paralyzed man. And I would like to have friends like the paralyzed man had friends. What happened is they showed up, and, and, and they, they had brought their, paralyzed, their friend on a cot to hear Jesus preach because they knew that Jesus could heal them. So what happened is they get to the house, and the house is crowded. It's too full. So they decided that they'll just try next time, and they'll go home because it was just too much effort, and they weren't going to see Jesus. Yeah. And that, that's actually not how it went at all. They saw the house was crowded, so they went, and somehow they found rope, and they found some, some material to break through the roof so that they could lower their friend down in front of Jesus. Look, they didn't have a ladder. They didn't have rope. They didn't have an axe with them. They didn't go prepared thinking that this is what they're going to do. But they, had, they were the kind of friends that would go through the roof to get their friend in a position that was closer to Jesus. Yeah, and think about the fact that they, I mean, really, they had a logical excuse to not be able to get oh, their yeah. friend in. If you show up and there's a line out the door, you know there's no way we're going to be able to get this guy up front to see Jesus. But think about the dramatic measure. If you want to measure love in a relationship with your friends, I mean, most of the time when you change your life, your friends are just going to fade away. Because like, like Pastor Cody was saying, they're going to say, well, we want the old so-and-so back. Or we, we liked you better when, we, when you used to drink and you used to cuss with us. But imagine the love that these guys had for their friend to say, Listen, we're not going to stop just because there's a line. We're not going to stop just because it might be difficult to get you up front. We're willing to sacrifice our time, and we are going to tear the roof off of this place in order to lower you down and get you in the presence of God. Those are the kind of friends that you need to base your life around. Those are the friends that you need to be searching for. People that say no matter what it takes, no matter what the challenge is or the sacrifice that I have to set aside in my life, I'm going to pull you closer to the presence of God. It, you have to have people like that, or else you're not going to have great success in life. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if the five people you spend the most time with are, are obsessed with the things of the world, then unfortunately that's probably what you're going to be obsessed with as well. Now that's not an excuse to not share Jesus with people yeah. that are lost. But you need to make sure you have friends, good Christian friends. And you say, oh, I don't know any other Christians. Go to church and find one. And if you can't find one that you, you get along with, go make one. Go save a soul that is lost and find a friend. Make yourself a friend. But I really believe like everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs one person. Stop trying to do this on your own. You can, but it's a lot harder. Find one person that you can talk with, that you can joke with, that you can talk about the things of God with, that you can that can help encourage you with the Bible and you might feel down. But find one person in your life that will be like the other four that brought him up and lowered him down in front of Jesus so he could get the healing that he needed. 
Yeah, and side note, if no matter where you are, if you're somewhere and you're not in New York State or you're outside of Pennsylvania and you can't find a good church to go to, you don't have a church you're plugged into, you happen to stumble across the uproar page and you've been following it and you don't have a church, message us. We'll help you find a church. It is so important to get plugged in to a church that believes the way that you believe. And you need to be trained up in those things. Because if you are somebody that just happened to stumble across this, this live stream or across the podcast channel, you've been to conference, but you don't necessarily have a great church to go to, it is so vitally important because where you're plugged into is what you're going to grow to. It's true. The, the second biggest relationship is, 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 is your relationships, your boyfriends or your girlfriends. Yeah. And you need to make sure that that boyfriend or girlfriend is the right one for you. Mm-hmm. I see so many people, they date for acceptance. They date because they need emotional support. But that's one of the worst reasons you could date. Look, dating, good dating isn't for support emotionally. It's not because you're bored. It's not for acceptance. Those things should be found in Jesus. Good dating for, should be with the intention of finding a spouse. Yeah. And at 14 years old, your intention is not going to be finding a spouse because you can't support them. And I promise you're not going to stay pure from the age of 14 to the age of possibly 19, 18 if you get married as soon as you graduate. If you can do that, come let me know. I want to shake your hand and I'll probably help pay for your wedding because that's one of the most impressive things in the world. But honestly, you need to make sure the person you're dating is, is A, your intention is you're not just dating to say you're dating, but you're dating with an intent of a, of a lifelong commitment. But also, look, if they're leading you away from, from your, your destiny in Jesus, they're leading you away from your calling and your purpose. They're leading you away from church. Oh, I don't want to go to youth group tonight. I want to go see a movie. Look, run away from them as quick as possible. Because if they're not pushing you towards Christ, but pulling you away, what do you think is going to happen the longer you're in that relationship? Yeah, and I just want to make this so abundantly clear. If you're in a relationship right now, and before that relationship, you attended two services on a Sunday or three services on a Sunday, or if you used to go to your Sunday services and then your Wednesday night services, only going to one service so that you can spend time with them is pulling you away from Christ. Just because you're going to one service still doesn't mean they're pushing you towards him. Anything Where you're at before you were dating them, if you're at anything less than that once you start dating, they're the wrong person to have in your life. Yeah. And don't, you know, this is another thing that I see so much. There is no such thing as flirt to convert or dating somebody and then getting them <laughs> saved after you get them saved. Yeah. You cannot, you have, the Bible says don't be unequally yoked. What do you have in common with an unbeliever? And imagine if it was to go to full scale and you were to marry that person that was unsaved and they got saved because they were dating you. So they don't really have a rock solid foundation of why they got saved. They got saved because of you. What are you going to do the first time your kid gets sick? Or what are you going to do when your kid grows up and your kid's dating? And then your, you know, your son comes to you and he's saying he wants to sleep at his girlfriend's house and your wife doesn't really believe it's wrong because you know, she didn't grow up in church and she only got saved halfway because of you. You're never going to have anything in common if you're always going up against this battle because the only reason she got saved in the first place was because you made her go to church on Sunday. It is so important. I, it is, it'll, it'll, I've seen it ruin people. It'll ruin your life if Even you marry worse, the wrong person. I've seen people who are Christians get married to like a Jewish person, yeah. which we love Jewish people, but 
how are you going to raise them? What religion are they going to follow? There's going to be You'll have rift confusion in, the house. in your house Absolute forever. Absolute confusion. Look, we find we find a lot of this with Samson and Delilah, and really, who you marry and who you date will destroy you or bring you to your destiny. Yeah. I know ministers who married who married people that had no interest in the ministry. And it destroyed their ability to actually be in the ministry full-time, who've completely left the ministry because of who they married. I want to encourage you today. Samson was supposed to be leading the nation, but instead he was sleeping with the enemy. Look, you're supposed to be leading people away from sin. You're supposed to be leading this generation to a new place and to a new level. But too often we're lying with sin. We're lying with the very thing we're supposed to be converting. You can't convert with what you're sleeping with. You need to make sure that whoever it is that you're in this relationship with, they have the same love for Christ, if not a greater love for Christ. You know what blows my mind too? Think about, say you were somebody who was involved in the ministry for a long time. Say you were like two, three, four, five years, you were in the ministry, you were plugged in, you were doing things for the local church, and then all of a sudden you get into one of these bad relationships, and then you start backpedaling and walking away from the things of God. What are all the people that you ministered to going to think? What about yep. the like people that you had halfway, they were almost there, they were so close to committing their life, and then they just see you drop everything for, another, for someone else, for a person? Yep. I can't tell you the absolute destruction that it causes is so much greater than just the destruction of your own life. It will literally cause everyone you ministered to to question the reality of what it was you were preaching yep. to them. Our church would be filled probably two more times with the amount of people that came and got saved and then walked away because they found somebody to date that was an unbeliever. It's one of the most important things you can do is make sure you're equally yoked with someone who's running after Jesus. But too many people, they get desperate because they want a relationship. Look, here's a key indicator if you're ready to date. Are you the best spouse available for somebody else? And if you're not yet the best spouse available, then you're not entitled to the best spouse to receive. You need to make sure that you're preparing yourself in prayer, in your finances. Make sure, look, if you're 14 and you want to date, just hold your horses. You're going to have so many distractions. Look, here's the outcomes that we've seen with with premature dating. Ready? Babies. You make adult decisions, you're going to have adult lifetime responsibilities. It's not worth it. Make sure that you, you, you're not distracted with these kind of things. The Bible says to flee from your youthful lusts. Look, it, it is so common. I think the average age that someone loses their virginity now is around 13 to 14 years old. Crazy. That was made for your spouse. Crazy. That wasn't made for anybody else. It's throwing your pearl before the swine. I, think about how crazy this is. You're like, I, yeah, I'll just say it, whatever. Some people, well, I don't care. I, look, would you be happy with someone else sleeping with your spouse? Because eventually you're probably going to get married. And if everyone has that same attitude, look, you've just shared your spouse with maybe five, ten people. It's sad how people just sell themselves out in a sexual manner. You know, and real quick, I know we weren't going to go this way today, but I'm telling you, we don't have, you don't have the luxury of time left. If you're one of those people that says, I, you know what, everyone else has done it. I watched my older brother do it. I watched my father do it. I watched my mother do it. I just want to be able to have the experiences and go out and have fun with my friends it's not and I'll get it. saved. We, you don't have the luxury of the time left. We are at a time now where Jesus could literally come back today. 
You don't have time to play that kind of gamble to sleep with a boy or to sleep with a girl. There's no time left to play these kind of games. I've heard some people, well, I want to test drive the car before I buy it. You know what I realized? That's what foolish people do is they test drive every car before they buy it. One of the smartest business owners I know, you know what he does? He goes online and he researches and researches and researches till he knows exactly what he wants. Based on reliability, based on gas prices, based on how, how much uh, they retain their value, based upon uh, consumer reports. And then he'll go and test drive one car and make sure it's exactly what he wanted. And he already knew it's what he wanted. And then he brings it home. That's what wise people do. They don't waste their time trying to test drive everything, picking up hurts along the way. Yeah. What they do is they find what they really want. They find what God has really prepared for them, and then they grab a hold of it and make sure they bring it home in the proper manner. Now, the next thing after babies we see is breakups. Here's a crazy statistic for you. They say if you're in a relationship that is sexually active, when you break up with that person, you experience the same emotions as a divorce. So think about how crazy this is. Most people, I think the average now is between 7 and 10 sexual partners before you get married. Just talk in reality right now. If you're like, I'm 13, I shouldn't be hearing this. Take it as a fair warning. Seven to 10 sexual partners. So that person has probably experienced seven to 10 emotional divorces. And when you enter a marriage, guess what? Two people combined are entering with 14 to 20 emotional divorces. Imagine the mess you now get to sort through as you enter into this new covenant and this new marriage. It's not worth having all of this emotional baggage, all of this destruction, all of this fear, all of these things. Your relationships in high school honestly are a way if you're dating because it's going to lead to divorces it's going to lead to the emotional issues and most importantly it leads to distractions well I can't I can't go to to group because I'm doing this I can't I can't I can't go and minister because I'm doing this I can't do this I can't do this because of this it's fine to spend time with that boyfriend or girlfriend that you're planning on marrying once you're in a position to be able to support them but if you're no, in no position for that, it's simply a distraction when you could be preparing yourself for the call of God on your life. Yeah, I, it's so funny to see the exchange that people make too because I've seen it. I've seen people that were, you were sure that they were going to be like, you know, they were on fire. You were sure that they were going to be the biggest soul oh, yeah. winner in their school. They were an influential person in their age group. It, working with the youth, we see it. And then that one girl will come in, and you can tell from the first interaction that you see happen with them, it's like, that's going to be a problem. That's even if they don't wind up going down the road of, like, having sex or walking down the... Just the the pure distraction is going to be a problem. And how foolish would it be to sacrifice a mighty call that you may have on your life for something that amounts to nothing in the end? It winds up becoming a breakup or it winds up becoming a divorce. All that wasted time is completely thrown away because of a distraction because you were you refused to pray you refused to ask God what he really had for you yeah. you refused to acknowledge that this person wasn't on the level that you were on to be in a relationship with you and the whole thing amounts to nothing and you yeah. threw away all that time that you had you'll never regret saving yourself never. for the one nope. you'll never regret spending that time developing yourself to yep. being a great spouse yep. you'll never regret the things you did for god instead of wasting them on distractions you'll never regret those things preparation time is never lost it's true never but lost. what you will regret is giving yourself over to someone that didn't deserve you 
What you will regret is not preparing yourself to be a great spouse. And you'll also regret the time wasted in high school. Now, I feel like this one, we're kind of being sharp on it. I want to let you know, if you're in a relationship that's not doesn't sound like this it's not too late to break up i would encourage you to just break up with them right right now now. pull your phone out right now just send them a text it's over and block the number it's all over it's not you it's me god made me do it (laughs) whatever it's got to be i saw one girl tweet this this year she said has anyone been told that god said God told them to break up with me. <laughs> and you know what? It's true. And it, it, You're like, well, I'll do it maybe in our next fight. It's just no. easier to do it now. And maybe you, you've already crossed some of these other barriers. Look, it's not too late to consecrate yourself from today on and say, I'm going to be different. I'm not going to waste my time on a girlfriend or a boyfriend when I'm not ready and they're not the one that God has for me. It's not too late. You can make the decision in your heart right now to make sure you're, you are prepared and you're separated to do what God has called you to do and that you're not going to have this relationship break you, but you'll be in a place where you can have a great relationship in the future. Yeah, and maybe you've got good friends. Maybe you're not struggling with a relationship with a boy or a girl. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you something. Another extremely report, important relationship you have is who your pastor is, yes. and do you have a pastor? And I'm gonna, I want to lay out a ground rule right now. Just because you attend somebody's church doesn't mean they're your pastor. They're your pastor when you say, I'm going to submit my life to them. I understand that if they ask me to do something, whether I like it or not, I'm going to do what they ask me to do. Yes. I'll listen to their correction. I'll openly yes. receive their correction. You know somebody becomes your pastor when you completely submit to them fully. And I'm going to tell you right now, everybody, doesn't matter who you are, people in the ministry, pastors themselves, everybody needs a pastor because anything that's left uncovered always spoils. It's true. You need a pastor in your life. And that pastor, man, they're going to be there to shepherd you. And a shepherd's job is threefold. You ready? If you're taking notes, a shepherd is to lead. They, They should lead you to where you need to be in life, lead you to your purpose, lead you, lead you through those trials and tribulations, lead you through some rough patches, lead you to places of comfort, lead you to, to where God has you to be. A good pastor will lead you, but also they'll feed you. They'll make sure you're growing up. You need to be in a place where they're going to spiritually feed you the sound doctrines, the things of God, what is true, what is honest, what is pure. You need to make sure that you're getting fed the right things. And maybe you're not right now. I'd encourage you to go talk to your pastor. Maybe you need some one-on-one time. Or maybe you need to find a new church that's going to feed you the true gospel. But a true pastor will lead you will feed you, and will protect you. And sometimes protection looks like discipline. Sometimes protection doesn't look like we like it. But protection is so important because it's going to make sure we don't get hit from behind, we don't get hit from the side, and that we're walking in a clear path forward. And a good pastor will do all three of those things in your life. I like that good pastor. You have to make sure it's a good pastor. Just because they have a church doesn't mean they're a good pastor. And I don't know where you're watching from today. I don't know if you're watching on a rebroadcast later on. But if you have a pastor, and I, you know, I might get in trouble for saying this, but if you have a pastor who doesn't believe the whole Bible and, sit and refuses to preach the whole Bible, it's time to start looking for a new church. 
Because you are, you are allowed to have everything the Bible says you're allowed to have. And any time that somebody tries to remove a promise from the Bible from you or tells you that things like healing aren't for today or that prosperity isn't for today, those are things that are vital for your life here on earth. So if you have a pastor that doesn't believe in that, but, you know, sit down, talk to them, take the proper course of action. But if they refuse to see where you're coming from on the fact that they're not teaching you the Bible, it's time to start looking for another church. Yeah, it's true. Just make sure, you, like, I believe as a good pastor, your, your goal should be to launch people to what God has for them. There's too many wet blankets who think that they're superheroes. Look, my goal in life is to make sure people are so successful in what God has called them to do. I don't want to be the one that puts the fire out. I don't want to snuff out the candle. Make sure your pastor is the one that is fanning the fire on your life. Is the one that, that's bringing and make sure, making sure you have everything you need to do everything God has called you to do. The last relationship you need to be in line is honestly the most important relationship because this relationship will guide you through the first three. And that's the Holy Spirit. Man, you need a great relationship with the Holy Spirit. That, that's, that's prayer. That's the Spirit of God living inside of you. You need to make sure that that's not a for, He's not a foreign thing to you. He's not a foreign God to you. But that's a relationship that we engage with every single day. I think the average prayer time in America is under five minutes a day which is heartbreaking. Could you imagine being a God who loves somebody so much that they sent their son, that their son died on the cross, rose three days later, and now you sent your spirit to live inside of you, uh, inside of them, and they don't even talk to you for more than five minutes a day. I was thinking about it like this, and I tweeted something the other morning that said, if daily Twitter's prayer dead. is difficult for you, then life will be also. Imagine back when you were in school, if the teacher would have handed you like a notebook and she just said, the answer to all of the questions on tomorrow's test is written in this notebook. But you refuse to go home and read the notebook. The test is going to be difficult the next day. It is the exact same thing with having a real relationship with God. He has every answer to every question, to every problem, to every deficit in your life. But if you refuse to create that relationship with him, if you refuse to spend time praying and spend time in his word, you're going to see struggle in your life. Because let's face it, we can't do it on our own. We don't have the answers no, to do it on our own. We can't fix any of these problems it's a on our own. And I want to back up to the last relationship we were on when I said if your pastor isn't preaching the word, this is your responsibility. You can't know what's being preached if you don't know the word. Otherwise, anything that comes at you seems right. Anybody can stand on a pulpit and aggressively preach something towards you, but it doesn't make it right. And you won't be able to identify what's right and what's wrong unless you know the word of God. And to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, it will absolutely alter the entire course of your direction. And it is such a lost thing that I see in today's people. The Holy Spirit is not a bird. He's not a feeling. He's not an imagination. He's a person, and he expects to be treated like one. He's not going to impose himself on your life. He's not going to force himself into your situation. He's a person. He has feelings, and he wants to be invited into your situation because he has the answer. It's true. I believe that we need to have what I call his daily personal revival. Look, your best day in Jesus should be every single day. Every day. day. Yeah. 
every single day should be your best day that you've ever had in Jesus. I love Psalm chapter 23. And I have three points on how to make sure, four points on how to make sure you have daily personal revival. Your best day in Jesus is every single day. Ready? Point number one, you need to allow God to lead you. You need to allow the Spirit of God to lead you. Psalm chapter 23, I love how how King David said it. The Lord is my shepherd. We follow the leading of the shepherd. The Holy Spirit living inside of us. Man, those who, who hear and are obedient to the voice of God, the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. And we allow the Spirit of God to lead us. And when we're led by the Spirit of God, I guarantee you'll be in the right place at the right time every time. The second thing we need to do is we need to get stubborn about the presence of God. You're stubborn. I'm stubborn about a lot of things. But I think the thing we need to be most stubborn about is the presence of God in our life. I love how Moses said it in Exodus chapter 33, verse 15. He said, don't make me go anywhere without your presence. I see a lot of people, they go a lot of places without the presence of God in their life. Look, you need to be, the presence of God is everywhere. The Bible says, the angels were singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Guess what? Everywhere you are, you have access to the glory and the presence of God. You just need to find it. We need a greater awareness of the presence of God and to be stubborn about it. And we don't get the presence of God just by, well... I don't see God here today. No, that's foolishness. You get it by praise. You get it by prayer. You get it by really asking God to raise your level of awareness, and you'll see that presence released. The next thing we need to do for daily personal revival is easy. You ready? Purify yourself. Live different from the world. You can set yourself up for a great move of God in your life by being pure. Second Timothy chapter 2, I believe it's verse 20, says it like this. In a great house, there's great vessels, some of wood and some of gold. And then it goes on to say to purify yourselves because the vessels of gold are the ones that have been purified and God's going to use those vessels. And we have the choice to be used by God or not based upon the purity of our life. And if we have a purity of life, God's oil is going to be in our life. His presence, His power, His anointing. And inside of that is revival. We need to make sure we're purified. Joshua chapter 3 verse 5, it says it like this. Purify yourselves for tomorrow God will do a great thing among you. And then I think every single thing, every single day, number four, for daily personal revival, is we need to stay hungry. For some reason, people get content with the things of God and what he's already done in their life. You can never be satisfied with with the amount of God that you have because there's always more. There's always more of the Spirit. There's always more of what he has. And you need to decide to be hungry. Look, it's a decision to be hungry for the things of God. The Bible doesn't say those he makes hungry and thirsty shall be filled. It says those who hunger and thirst shall be filled. The Bible doesn't say those who he makes makes diligently seek him he's a rewarder of them no it says those who diligently seek him it's a decision that we make it's not something that he he makes us do it's a decision to be hungry it's a decision to be pure it's a decision to be stubborn about the presence of God and it's a decision to follow his leading but all of those things will put us in our right position with the spirit of God for daily personal revival yeah 
the book of Proverbs says that the path of the righteous is like the coming dawn that shines brighter and brighter until full day. That means no matter where you're at with Christ today, no matter how far you've progressed with him, it's always going to get better. He's always got more. Just press in a little bit harder. It doesn't matter what you've accomplished for him to date. It literally doesn't matter who's watching this live stream right now. Whatever you've accomplished for God, he has greater for you in store. You just have to press a little deeper. You have to be a little hungrier. You have to push after him a little bit harder. And he has more for you than what you've already accomplished. And the funny thing I've noticed about the harder push is it's not harder. No. It's just a, it's a discipline we have to build into mm-hmm. our lives. No, I will pray for my lunch. No, I will read more. No, I will spend extra time in worship this morning. It's a decision we have to make and be disciplined on. But that relationship, the relationship with the Holy Spirit living inside of you, it will guide you through your friendships. He'll let you know who to be friends with and who not to be friends with. You won't have to waste 38 years of your life trying to find the right yeah. friend. He can hook you up right now today with the right people. You don't have to worry about wasting six months with a girl to see if she's the right one or the right boy to see if he's the right one. You can know from day one if that'll be your spouse or not by a leading of the Holy Spirit. And your pastor, you can know, God, is this the church for me? Is this the pastor for me to sit under? And that relationship is the most important to have in line before we sign off today i I just want to extend an invitation to everybody that's out there if you're in a bad relationship or if you're surrounded by a group of bad friends or maybe they're not even bad they're just not pushing you towards what you know you feel in your heart that god's calling you to do i want to pray today in addition to that if there's anybody that's watching this broadcast either live or on a rebroadcast that says you know unfortunately i was in one of those relationships and i gave in and, and i walked away from the lord Or, you know, I I identify I'm in one of those relationships now, but I've never given my life to Christ. We want to pray with you today to turn your life around. So, Father, we thank you for all the people that are watching this broadcast. Lord, we thank you that you have the power to change all things, Lord. So we thank you that any bad relationships that are happening in, in any of the viewers' lives right now, Lord, we thank you that even now you're reaching down and you're correcting us, you're making our paths straight, and you're realigning us for what you've called us to do. And, Lord, anyone that may be watching right now that feels that drawing of the Spirit that says, I haven't made him the Lord of my life, or maybe he was at one point and I've walked away, Father, we thank you that right Right now, you're regrooming that relationship. Lord, you're pulling them back into alignment, and you're yep. allowing them to fulfill their purpose for you right on time. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Hey, as always, thank you so much for watching, listening. We love you guys. We're so excited about Upper Row 19 and all the details that will be released soon. Make sure you check out every single social media um, avenue. Make sure you check out our website, theuproar.org. And we'd be so blessed if you could share this across all platforms with your friends. This Saturday night, too. This Saturday night. The Sherathon. Make sure you're on that, man. It's It's our first one ever. And we're so excited to show you what God is doing, what He has done, and what the next steps are for conference and how we're going to see this, this generation changed for the glory of God. Thank you so much for watching. We love you, and we'll uh, you we're signing time. off. And that concludes another week of the Uproar Podcast. We want to invite you to share this podcast on all social media platforms and help us spread the good news of the gospel. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast for updates on all of our latest content.